this? All right, let's do this. Woo! Yay! Woo! 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 <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mommy's Nightcap. I'm uh, back this episode. Yeah, Evelyn's <laughs> back. Um, and we have a special guest. Miss Viv is with us today. Hi. Um, we have a very interesting episode today. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about our drinks. All right. Evelyn, you go first. All right. I have Nola Brewing Company, Suburban Shir- Shir- Sherpa. Sherpa. It's a, pine- <laughs> <laughs> it's a pineapple Indian pale ale. All right. You got to get closer to the oh, mic. Sorry. Evelyn, you know, you like whisper. <laughs> was that you opening your can? Is that what that sound was? <laughs> How is it? Oh my gosh. That means I'm gonna hate it. No. Nope. No, I think you really like it. It's not bad. It's not very hoppy. I promise. I don't believe try you. It. No, try it. It's very, right. very yummy. Oh, See, I know. It's delightful. I can get on it's board refreshing. with that. It's good, I can I get on board with that. Summer beer. That's nice. Yeah, outside. I like oh, that. Delicious. All right. Well, I have. Who is this by? Zony Math. I should have known. This is by Zony Mash. It's called Mango Freeze. It is a sour, of course. Here we go. Oh, that, w- that Ooh, was nice. That, that was, was nice. crisp. Crisp but a crunch today. <laughs> mm. Oh, oh, yeah. Is it really sour? It's pretty sour. <gasps> I don't know if you'll like it. I don't know, because the one that we tried at your boss's house was really sour, but the more I drank it, I was like, I was all right with it. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Oh, sour. I killed Evelyn. Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My mouth. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. Oh okay. I think she's alive. All right, Viv, what do you have? I have a peach tea wine cocktail. Okay. All right. Who's it from? Who's it by? Barefoot. Okay. And it has that wine bite but you can really taste like actual peach tea so i'm digging it oh i like the sound of that i love peach tea I so much so good tea. all right well today we are talking about not wanting to have kids which i know often we obviously talk about being moms and all that but there of course is a huge population of people that you know, for various reasons, don't want to have kids. And Viv is one of them. Um, Viv, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So I come from, I feel like most of my generation did from a divorce household. So I feel like I would not want to put a child through that like I went through it as a kid if that makes sense that's one of the many reasons of course but growing up like that was definitely hard especially since I feel like most of my generation at least wasn't planned and then we got all of our parents trauma dumped onto us at such an early age And then we had to learn to carry that with us and decide if we wanted to trauma dump on the children. So, (laughs) of course, good parents like y'all probably learned how to deal with y'all stuff and aren't going to pass that on to your children. I hope not. (laughs) 
Yeah. But I feel like that's also a parent's greatest fear is, am I passing on my issues to my child? Am I messing them up the same way my parents messed me up? Or am I creating a whole new generation of messed up, you know? I 100% relate to that. As a mom, I worry all the time that there's all these things that I struggle with that I'm going to pass on to my kids. And it's funny you say that because I was looking for something in our postpartum episode that we did. And Evelyn mentioned on that about how, like you mentioned how there are times when you see Jade get mad and you're like, that's me. And I was like, shit, I completely forgot. Like we talked about that. And it's like, because I was saying the other day about how like, my communication skills, all that, that it's hard to not like that you want to your kids to not have those problems and to make sure you don't pass them on. See, but like when I watch you with your kids, like I see you make your children communicate. So I feel like you're doing good with that. Like, you know, I'm trying. We're like, um, where I feel like my family lack was like not like acknowledging like how we were like feeling and stuff like that and just be like you'll get over it it's fine like I try to not do that with my kids but like the whole like anger thing is not from like I never saw my parents do that that's mm-hmm. like just me like me as a person yeah so I'm fucking failing with that but like I'm trying yeah because that's another thing like it's uh, it's often well not often like sometimes it's just like a whole, like you said a whole other like new generation of messed up things and like yeah there are parents that try that are like the best parents ever and somehow still like shit happens so I, think- I see friends of mine that came from you know parents that didn't divorce that you know stuck through school went to college that seemed to have very stable happy lives and like I'm happy for them but that's not the majority at mm-hmm. least not for people our age. I don't know about y'all's home situation, what y'all's growing up like, but mine was a very broken lower end of poverty raising. So that's just Alex, my boyfriend and I swore that we wouldn't even consider children until we could financially imagine and put the funds aside to raise a third human because as two people we can't even afford to rent a one-bedroom apartment without somebody paying the other half of the rent so how are we supposed to bring a child into that kind of financial situation yeah so, so is for you guys um so you guys have made the decision to not have kids um is that something that like you guys in dating like when you first started dating spoke about or is this like later on a decision that you guys came to together it was definitely discussed a lot um at the beginning of our relationship because we discussed our sexual relationship a lot and um just he has two nephews already that he's very happy playing the uncle part to but alex is actually kind of scared of babies like infants he he doesn't like them when they can't hold their heads up or like they can't he loves toddlers he loves them when they can babble and crawl around and play ball and stuff like I mean, that I get it they have like a self-destruct button like at the yeah, top of their heads exactly. <laughs> most men are like that though they don't yeah. like their until they have kids like my husband was like that he was like terrified of holding a baby but then like once he had babies like oh whatever it was just kind of like doing it it's See, scary though I'm the exact opposite I love infants but toddlers just know how to push my buttons I I'm with you <laughs> I'm with you. 
Yep. Evelyn likes like, like the older like toddler kids. I like babies. Yep, I love babies. They can't talk back. I love when they can't say back. no. All they do is sleep, and it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely something we discussed very in depth at the beginning and pretty much throughout our relationship, because I have gone back and forth. You know, we get like the baby craze kind of like in the springtime, or at least I do when I see all the cute babies on social media and all of my peers posting pregnancy announcements and stuff. And I'm like, how bad could it really be? But ultimately, I have a fundamental fear of the birthing process of the pain. I've always had just this irrational fear of experiencing pain. So I don't think I would ever be able to cope with the amount of pain my body would inevitably have to go through to produce a child. Yeah. So yeah, it's Alex is very happy being the alcoholic uncle. I am very happy. And I have two sisters who are under 10 years old now, which one of them I practically raised. So I feel like I got the experience without the experience. Yeah. So Um, Do you ever have like people that are like, oh, like, especially with you and Alex being a couple that are like, hey, like one day when you guys have kids, like, oh, my goodness, I I personally like as a mom, like hate when people push that like decision on people. They're like, when are you all going to have kids? Like when you're like a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Like one more. I said, hell no, my tubes are tied. Like I'm having (laughs) more kids. Yeah. So my mom is actually the only daughter of an only daughter. And so I am the only daughter of an only daughter of an only daughter. So my mom has it in her head that I have to have a child and it has to be a daughter. But my mother is also adopted. So she has this idea that I have to carry on the bloodline because she doesn't know anyone else that she's technically blood related to. So I understand that want for grandchildren and for a blood family, but at the same time, as my mother is a product of adoption, if I ever did decide to adopt, that that would be the first and foremost option for me. Because why I understand the want to have your own, but we have, God, I don't even know, 400,000 children in foster care that need to be taken care of, not even to mention the children that are considered past the age of adoption that are teenagers and stuff like that, that just need to be shown love and some some semblance of not your nuclear family, but a family. So if it ever were to become something that I wanted, I would consider adoption later on. Yeah. But yeah, my my mom, my mom. <laughs> Is she like the only one that really like puts or like or asks the question or like puts the pressure on you or? So I'm not super close to my grandparents. Um, my only living grandparents are my dad's parents and they live out of state. They're super conservative, Trump supporting Catholic types. So I actually haven't spoken to them very much due to that. Um, they never really pushed me very much when I was a child, like a teenager, like, oh, when are you going to think about marriage and the Catholic church and all of that? They weren't really that bad. 
But yeah, it's mostly been my mom. My dad tells me, you know, it's your body. You own your body, but I wouldn't mind a grandkid if that's what you wanted one day kind of thing. You brought up the point of like, you know, your family being like, well, them being like affiliated to a certain political party or mm-hmm. like that. I I think the number has always been like, you know, it, it, it's been like very, it, it varies of people that didn't want to have kids or do or whatever. I think that number has gone up recently in our, our generation of people, which of course people are like, I've seen articles that have said like, this generation is having less kids than any other one. And I really think that people aren't thinking about- We ain't got no money. We we don't have money. And the political aspect of it. I mean, let's talk about that. Like you're talking about like, we live in an era where, you know, overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, Is this something that like you made you kind of think about it, enforce your decision even more? Yeah. So- I grew up as a Catholic, but my mom was always keeping me out of that pro-life circle, trying to explain to me that she believes it's nobody else's business except a woman and her doctors. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, it's not your business. And that's how it should be. And I grew up believing that as well. And even as an adult now, that is firmly my opinion is that you know conservative people love to scream that it's murder and all of this and there shouldn't be any exceptions but realistically we are the poorest generation and trillions of dollars of debt and as i said earlier we can't even afford to live in an apartment without a partner or a roommate. I know people living in other states who can't get houses unless they have four to five roommates helping pay rent. And just the the political climate, the way the other generations before us have set us to be so far behind everyone else is and they're in constantly ensuring we're so far behind everyone else and that includes the overturning of roe v wade we don't get to make that choice about our body and our finances anymore they're trying to make it that no matter how poor or rich you are no matter what you believe you have to give birth to this child so it's just it's insane if i'm not gonna lie to you when i overheard the overturning of that I was terrified I was having panic attacks for about two days just thinking about you know if I got pregnant of course I would step up and take responsibility for that because I am a consenting adult in a sexual relationship but also ectopic pregnancies and sophilepithic pregnancies all of that all of the medical reasons that people have dnc's for every year carrying a full-term stillborn, just, it's insane that they're trying to force that when there is medical necessity over 60% of the time for an abortion. But other than that, it just, it shouldn't be anyone's business, medical necessity or not. Yeah, I mean, in the same realm for me as somebody who has two kids already, um, I, I think people think that because I have kids, like I 
heard the, that news and was just like, okay, whatever. But no, like, it is scary for me too. Cause like, what if I got pregnant and I get it like before anyone like hears this and they're like, they're just gonna blah, 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 whatever you want to say. It, it was up to the states and I li- we live in Louisiana in a state where the decision was made that day that those abortion <laughs> clinics were closed. And right now it keeps going back and forth because there are people that are judges that are able to block it. And so since that w- that decision was made, it's been one week abortions are banned, the next week abortions are back. But ultimately Louisiana is gonna be a state where they're not allowed. Um, that's my thought, um, but it's scary for me too. Like, I, I understand that feeling. Um, I also wanna say like, I think that people think that because I am a mom and I'm married and all that, that this whole like people not wanting kids, like I think that people think that we don't understand that decision, but I, because I have kids- I don't kids, want no more fucking kids. <laughs> I'm done, like shit, like, I understand. Like, I, I'm not having no more kids. I can say that I completely understand people's decisions to not want them. Like it is not one, it's not for everybody. They're expensive as fuck. Yeah. Two, they're very expensive. And this is all, I love my kids. I genuinely do love them. But I can understand that not everybody wants that responsibility. I'm with kids all the time. I understand, like, yeah. not wanting kids. Like, you're with your kid. And everybody else. Everybody else's kids. Like, mm-hmm. shit, if you don't have kids, okay, that's fine. Like, I understand. Kids are annoying. Like, I like I know. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can completely understand not wanting them. And I... Another thing, like the reason I asked you, like you have people like pressuring you, like I hate when people are like, they're like, oh, this is, they bring home like a boyfriend and they're like, when are you guys going to have kids? When are you guys going to get married? Well, actually first it's usually like, when are you guys going to get married? When are you guys going to have kids? And the crazy part is once you have them, it doesn't end there either. I'm like, why would you want to know when we fucking? When are you want to, when are you, if you have a daughter, it's when are you going to have a son? You need, you need both to have a full, happy experience. Did people tell you that? Because you had a son first. Mm -hmm. Did people? (sighs) I had a different experience. My mother-in-law asked Ryan when he was going to get a vasectomy. Uh, and then my mom was like, you better not have no more kids. You can't have be pregnant. You have awful pregnancies, blah, blah, blah. And then like Ryan said something. I don't know what he said yesterday, but she said, if she ends up pregnant, I'm chopping off your penis. <laughs> I was like, okay, mommy. Yeah. I like, Evelyn is one of those people who had horrible pregnancies. So I think she's totally with you on team. Oh, yeah understandable why you don't want kids no. yeah it, it's just there's so many medical things that can go wrong mm-hmm. and even people who plan to get pregnant should undergo a series of genetic testing and even then the genetic testing cannot guarantee a problem-free pregnancy or yeah. birth or life you never know what can happen And then there's just so many different kinds of people. You have abusive partners who baby trap. You have abusive partners who find out you're pregnant and then start beating on you, trying to give you at-home abortions. I'm sorry, that's graphic. But you get the point. There's too many different kinds of people. There's too many different kinds of situations. There are too many possibilities for this to be black and white. There are too many gray areas. And just for the fact that there are political people making what are essentially top tier medical decisions 
is insane. Yeah. I, mm, you said responsibility earlier too regarding your daughters. And I think ultimately I know that I am a selfish person. I value my sleep and my alone time above almost everything else. And I also know that I am a reward motivated person. I will not do something unless I know there is something in it for me. And it's not like children, they can reward you, of course, in fulfilling and emotional ways, but you give and give of yourself for so, so many years. And I could never, I don't think I would be a good parent in that aspect because I would choose to sleep in that 10 extra minutes and my kid would be late for school. Or I would choose to call into work because I'm not feeling great today and then what's going to pay the bills for my kid kind of thing. So I'm just too selfish of a person to handle that kind of responsibility ultimately. I think that's awesome that you know that. And that's that you exactly make that choice because like personally I've seen a lot of parents who are really selfish. They don't put their kids first and those kids really really suffer for it. So like knowing that like you you know that's how you are and making that choice not to have kids, I think that's the best thing that you could do for yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. if for your a possible child because like being that kid that hasn't been changed all night because their parent was like, oh, they'll just get changed at daycare. Like, no, that's shitty. That's horrible. Like, you know, that's abuse. Like, I'm not mm. like, you know, cha- they're wearing the same outfit for five days. Like, you know, like just because Has that happened, it happened this week. So it's just like things like that, you know, where like, you know, you see, you see these things happen and you're just kind of like, you shouldn't have kids. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I've seen people who have just looked and been like, they should never have been parents. I was about to say for you to work in childcare, I could never do it. I'd be calling child protective services left and right. I can't. Definitely have yep. done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's, there are people out there who have kids who should not children are innocent they are not culpable for anything that happens to them so the fact that people are willingly already not they shouldn't be bringing children into the world and now on a political level we are essentially being forced to birth these children people that we know should not have had children in the first place are now going to have children people that can't afford those children people that medically insurance wise all of this cannot support another life yeah it's because i mean at this i guess at this moment like um you were telling me that you're you're on birth control i am also on birth control i have an iud Mm -hmm. um but we also don't know how much longer that will be available like especially in louisiana they're especially in louisiana yeah they're already talking about pulling the plan b and i don't know if you heard recently but walgreens on a corporate level has the right to refuse condoms and plan b sales are you for real Yeah, their employees have the right to refuse those. I just found that out. They can be on the shelf. Like the condoms can be on the shelf and they could be like, bitch, I'm not giving that to you. Yeah. So I actually went to Walgreens after I saw that article just to see. And I saw they had all of their condoms and all of their plan B's locked. So if you have to go get an employee to unlock those condoms or those plan B or that spermicide, whatever, 
they have the right to refuse to unlock those cases and sell you the product. Oh, yes, the keys are so fancy. <laughs> 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 Evelyn, we got to bail her out of jail. Why did you go to jail? Like, Why keep my condoms? <laughs> Look, if I go to jail over assault of a Walgreens employee, I just ask that y'all bail me out. <laughs> I know a great criminal lawyer. I'll get, I'll get you out. But yeah, I found that out a couple of days ago. And that's just, I know private business is allowed to have policies like that, just like they can rule that any business can refuse right to gay services, or they recently ruled a business in Kentucky can refuse business to Jewish customers. So, and it's all protected under business law. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess you, you're right. Each business is allowed to, yeah. That's so fucked up though. Yeah. It's the right to refuse service. It's yeah. such a gray area that they can do it even when it is beyond messed up. I just, but yeah, I, I'm, I'll be taking my business to CBS, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, no, just like going back to like, you know, saying like, you know, they're forcing like people, you know, women to have like babies because, you know, they're pro-life, you know, it's murdering a child. You have to support the children. Okay. So after she has a baby, are you going to pay for her bills? Feed are the baby? you going to get maternal leave? Yeah. Like everything. So, like, it's okay. You know, you have the baby, the baby's there, but are you going to help the baby survive? They don't care it's about no it baby. until it's old enough to be in the military. Once it can enlist, they're real interested. (laughs) That's a real statement right there. You're not wrong. It's sad. I'm saying like, you know, even like, so like I'm, I grew up Catholic too. I can't even say that I'm Catholic because I'm just like like, Mm -hmm. aggravated, like with everything, like, you know, they preach like having, you know, no abortions and like, you know, it's murdering a child, but like, you're not going to help me pay for my baby. Like your church is not paying taxation towards my Medicaid. Your church is not donating to the foster care systems. Yeah. Yeah. How can you sit there and like preach something that like you don't even like try to help anyone or practice? Like that's so bullshit. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like she made a bold decision to like keep her baby and that's great, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, so are you going to help me now? She's like, they made, she made a great decision. Da-da-da-da. Let's move no, on now. <laughs> help her. Like, no, yeah. like you said you want to like have that baby to live. Okay. Support Let's, that baby. Let me tell y'all something. I went to Chappelle for a year, Oof. which is an all girls Catholic school. And all of these perfect blonde cheerleader types and their perfect MILF mothers were the first ones at the pro-life marches and all of that in D.C. Like, there was literally a Catholic school group every year that went to D.C. for the pro-life march. And they all sent their little children. But these same children were the first ones in lines at the abortion clinic with their mothers marching them in if they got pregnant. Because, oh, we can't ruin your chance at your future. We're not going to let this this awful boy that you got knocked up by ruin you, blah, blah, blah. The, it's just an, an entirely hypocritical situation because the women that scream the loudest are the first ones to march their daughters in through the doors if they get pregnant. Yeah. Yep. How many stories from back? I've seen multiple videos from like back in the day where abortions were illegal of like people that had money, you know, taking their daughters to these sketchy locations to get these abortions because... Mm-hmm they knew a doctor but low-income families cannot afford that 
And that's exactly who it's going to affect and why I said that they are setting us back even farther. I am low income. I have been low income my entire life and I probably will be for the rest of my life because it is impossible to climb out of that hole. People, especially politicians, are going to be able to afford to take their mistresses to private doctors and do these illegal abortions. But for us who make less than 100000 a year, we can't afford these illegal high-risk procedures because any doctor who's going to continue to do these procedures even after all of this has been codified, their prices are going to be insane. Yes. You pay for the risk. But you're you're saying like, you know, you're like low income and all that. Mo and I would be, I guess, what's considered like middle class. But my boss put it best. Like there are a lot of families like Mo and I who make decent, have decent jobs, make a decent living, who are one giant, like really bad thing away from being in a really shitty situation. Like exactly. there's lots of families like that. I know you could probably relate. A fucking AC, $2,700 fucking dollars, Valerie. Yeah like that you got a payment plan shit (laughs) yeah like there are lots of families that like have good jobs and are considered middle class that are one one huge thing away from their lives being completely destroyed so it's not just you know low income it's like middle class families also can't afford shit Mm -hmm. but you want us to like not have to just everyone forced to be having kids like that's insane. She can't afford to have the kids because everything's yeah. super expensive. And then there's a fucking formula shortage. And then like, there's the, the formula, formula shortage. About that. Oh my okay, gosh. So like, what are you supposed to do with these babies who like they can't even eat? I had one mom was like, they're ten months. I can't. I, don't, I can't get their formula. Just give them milk. Like that's sad. It is sad. They're straight up. I will tell you right now. If I ever had a child, I would not breastfeed. I have massive ADHD sensory issues surrounding my chest area. I don't let my partner touch that area. I cannot even imagine having a child's mouth on my breasts. I would be formula feeding. So the fact that if I did get pregnant right now and I would be forced to choose to breastfeed because of that formula shortage, knowing that it goes against everything that I would want for myself in my body. Um, yeah, uh, insanity. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I'm with, well, not the same thing, but like I tried, I tried to breastfeed both times and I couldn't, like I couldn't breastfeed, even pumping, I couldn't do it. But you have all these people that are spreading that message with, with like, hey, this formula should shortage, you should have just tried breastfeeding. And it's like, you don't say because a lot of people fucking try. You don't, you don't think that I try. Like, that yeah, it's like, mm, let me. And just, then like, there's people like like you said, Viv, like if that was a choice you have to make, that would be a really difficult decision for you to make. Like that would, it would feel like my body was being violated by my own child. And how is that a basis for a foundation of love with your child? If you feel that your child is violating you, be like a bonding experience, but not yeah. everybody feels that. Not, like I say, like I, like, I breastfed my children, but like, you know, cause I was like, I'm not paying for formula. Like that was my mindset. Like I'm not doing it. And it was fine. It was great. Like for me, but not everybody's like that. And I was able to feed my kids. Like I had enough milk to do it. Some people just medically aren't able to yeah. point blank period. You can't produce enough milk you get, oh, I don't know if either of you had this issue while you were breastfeeding or trying to breastfeed, 
but the infections you can get in the ducts. Horrible. Yeah. Let me tell you about my. So I'll tell you about my boobs. After <laughs> um, I had my kids, um, this is probably like two years now, I have like a super rare autoimmune disease that um, my uh, immune system attacks my breast tissue. It's called granulomatosis mastasis. Um, right now I have a flare up. I have a huge lump in my breast because my my immune system thinks something's wrong with my breast tissue. And I didn't get the stuff until after I started having kids, after I breastfed, after I had mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it's so fucking painful. And it's so rare, they don't know what to do. Yeah. So they just kind of throw everything at me. I've had two biopsies already. I had more mammograms in like the last two years than a 30 year old should have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah. No, it, it's it's insane. But yeah, let's keep putting ourselves through these things. Yeah, well, let's keep doing <laughs> it. Let's force women that don't want to to go through these things. I don't know. It's it's heartbreaking. Like I I can't believe this is a world that we live in. So you're on birth control. Um, mm-hmm. We already talked about how they that may not be around much longer. Um, is Alex willing to go to do the to do the snip snip? snip? So. I don't want to say it's a sensitive topic, but it feels like it yeah. because I feel like with that recent political decision, all couples have been put between a rock and a hard place where I need to take drastic medical measures or he needs to take drastic medical measures. And the fact of the matter is the medical system makes it nearly impossible for me to be the one to take those medical measures. So unfortunately, I have to lay that on Alex's shoulders in the form of please get a vasectomy because I don't feel safe anymore. I feel like we are going to ruin our lives if we have a slip up. We are going to be and this all links back. We're going to be stuck in this low income circle of hell for the rest of our lives if we have a child right now because there's no there's no chance that either of us betters ourselves in any career or schooling if we're trying to support a child with every last penny that we can scrape so we've discussed it a couple of times but it both puts us in very high emotions especially me because just the thought of it scares me And the thought that the thing that I have to ask him to do, the possibility that he could just, I mean, this is every woman's fear, but you ask too much of your partner and they find someone else who they're, who's not asking that of them. And logically, I know Alex isn't that person, but every time I bring up the conversation, that fear of he's going to get tired of me asking this, he's going to just find something someone else who's not asking this hard thing of him you know but ultimately unfortunately it would be the best thing for both of us and even if he and I didn't work out relationship wise which if there's some wood nearby hold on um (laughs) I it would be best for any woman he dated in the future until they were ready to have children and I know Alex is very at least for right now is very staunchly anti-child like I said he's very happy playing that uncle part and I'm like I said I'm a selfish person who does not 
think themselves capable of sacrificing that much of myself to take care of a child. So the only logical choice would be to take that step towards ensuring that doesn't happen, that extra insurance, that extra peace of mind. But we'll see. I think he and I both want to wait how wait and see how serious this is getting because like you said earlier louisiana is constantly bouncing back and forth from week to week between abortions and no abortions it has been like every week yeah that decision and i know if worse came to worse like i said i would step up but medically if i had an ectopic pregnancy i am very privileged enough to say i could rely on my family to help me travel to go take care of that as, as depressing as that is to say, to get a life-saving procedure, I am privileged enough that I have a family that could make sure that could happen. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, definitely, I think that any young man who knows that they are not financially or emotionally capable to take care of a child right now, right, this very second, should be doing in-depth research on vasectomies. And, you know, the crazy part about it is, and this isn't like a dig at Alex or like men in general, but like the vasectomies are a million times easier to deal with. It is an outpatient procedure. Same day. Then Mm -hmm. Evelyn got her tubes tied and that shit was horrible for her. Mm -hmm. It was like, so like I was, like I said, I had to get assists taking out with um, also tying my tubes. So like I had like two cuts, one in my belly button, one on the side of my stomach. It felt like I gave birth all over again at the same time. Oh my God. Because like the cuts right there, like it just like, it was so rough. And then like having to also get a cyst taken out, like it was just, it was so painful. And then I was allergic to Percocet, so I couldn't take anything. Yeah, and I mean, guys get to go and walk out that day. Like, so I'm I'm with Fib. Like, if you're a young man, yeah, that's no, they had like, to put me to sleep. I had to yeah. be put to sleep. I was out for like hours, and like their procedures are considered medically minimally invasive, mm-hmm. meaning that the risk to the patient and any of their body parts is so low that it's not even really thinkable. Whereas how many how many risks and side effect warnings and recovery warnings do we get when we go under the knife for c-sections for cyst removal for tubal ligation we're recovering for months and then not even to mention emotional recovery from dealing with a medical experience like that and men are awake for that whole procedure they're locally anesthetized and sent home Let's talk about something else. Women, when they are sent home after having procedures like that, we're told to suck it up or take a Tylenol. Men who get minimally invasive procedures get Percocet, get Vicodin, get the best pain meds on the market for a four out of 10 on the pain scale. But women who notoriously have better hold and a better sense of pain we are told that we are overreacting, that we're on our periods, that just take a Tylenol, put an ice pack on it, use a heating pad. Insane. Insane. That, I mean, we can also, in the same context, context, talk about how to 
if you today, Viv, wanted to go get your tube side, they would tell you that one, you're too young, or two, do you have a spouse that you've been? They would ask you all these questions. They would ask a husband for permission. When Alex could walk into a clinic right now and say, I want to get snipped, and they'd be like, we can schedule you for tomorrow. Next week. No questions asked. Did you know that even if you were able to find a doctor to approve your tubal ligation, there is a state mandated year waiting period in which they pretty much count on you changing your mind on the procedure. What? And I've heard women waiting that entire year just to go to their year follow-up and the doctors have changed their mind on doing the procedures. Oh, I am really thankful for my doctor shit. Yeah. (laughs) Right now, it's like, cool beans, let's do it. Like, she was like, you don't want more kids? I'm like, yep. Yeah, when you told me your doctor just offered it, like, so-called, it blew my mind because, yeah, not every doctor does that. Because she saw how much I fucking suffered. (laughs) Like, yeah. Damn, I feel man. like that's oh, the only God. way any anybody, any doctor, unfortunately, takes a woman seriously is that we have to suffer so much that they personally feel bad for us before they will take medically necessary steps. And I, I say that as a healthcare professional, as somebody who has studied, studied medical science, it's so sad. It is so disgustingly sad. <laughs> Horrible. <sighs> You know, I heard two stories recently of like, and they're, one of them is kind of silly, but I'm like, fuck yeah. They're both in Texas. Um, One was a woman that went on the HOV lane. <gasps> yes, I love that one. That. Yes, yes. And she, she told the cops that she should be allowed because she was pregnant. And I was like, if you guys want to go this route. If I'm, y'all think it's a person. Right. Yeah. She's not wrong. Like, if you guys are saying that baby has all these rights let that woman on the hov lane she ain't wrong yeah if y'all are so adamant that there is a living breathing pain feeling creature inside of her stomach right now she's in the hov lane that's the second person in the car <laughs> yeah i'm mad at them i'm not mad at her then there's another one she is um her name is her name is Mar- marlena stell um she is an og like makeup beauty guru um she owns makeup geek um she i read her story like it happened last year i think she was pregnant um she had to have a dnc is that what it's called a dnc yeah dnc she had to wait two week two weeks walking around with a non-living like stillborn yeah, yeah. because really her baby sad. didn't have a heartbeat anymore and to be for her to be able to get the dnc she had to jump through hoops and like track people down and like find a hospital that would do it because she she couldn't do it this happened last year too before any of this and so now of course with everything going on her story's going public and they've had her on news and everything but that's heartbreaking like the like you mentioned earlier the emotional like aspect of it there's of course like the physical aspect of it like to put somebody through something like that is horrendous i mean you have both had children can you even imagine Carrying a fetus for nine months, knowing that it either has no quality of life outside of your womb, or it has been dead this whole time, that you are delivering a dead child. I don't want to have children. I can still never imagine the pain, the trauma of going through something like that. Any human being on earth, men should be grateful. They never, ever have to experience that 
and just the horror stories you hear about men leaving their wives with postpartum depression or the depression they experience after miscarrying because they will never ever understand what we go through emotionally as women who have to experience that it's insane yeah Yeah. no and as i i can say that as somebody who has kids like i am no one to tell anyone any woman out there who wants to you know what they whatever they want to do with their body like i cannot like especially like in the position you just described like i i don't know what i would do well let me rephrase that i don't know like how much damage it would cause me like emotionally to know that i had to carry this baby full term but that wasn't growing that wasn't alive anymore that's like a heartbreaking thought like i can't even fathom that um but i can guess that it would wreck me um yeah i would i would yeah no yeah and you brought up a good point like just like we say like you know i think there's like a lot of people and, and this includes like partners like men whoever your partner is that aren't supposed to be parents not just the person carrying the baby but like a partner that is like there are so many stories of parent of partners who are there and then the baby comes and they were not ready for that Mm -mm. like they thought they were ready for this commitment but they they weren't or like being in an abusive relationship and like getting pregnant and like having that partner be abusive to you while you're pregnant while you're permanently tied to your abuser through a child now that And not even to mention the women that marry children themselves. You're giving birth to a child and you're taking care of your husband, who is essentially a child on top of that, because the child thinks, or I'm sorry, the husband thinks that the child is your responsibility and yours alone. And that spending time with their own children is babysitting. And mm, the fact that um, other people view dads as babysitting and not as a fucking parent not a father not a present parental figure exactly like how men are praised for watching their kids that's what they're supposed to fucking do that's their kid yeah it's the bare minimum we need to raise the bar because praising men for doing the absolute bare minimum in child rearing is why we have ended up where we are today we have a whole episode about that too if you want to go listen (laughs) Yeah. yeah no because yeah the bar no offense to dads but like i mean my husband will agree like the bar for him is set low like and he's a great dad but yeah like they see mo like carries in and they're like what a great dad but if i do it nobody bats an eyelash at me like yeah, because it's expected is it's expected of the maternal role to do 99 percent of the, oh. the the caretaking yeah which is unrealistic if you continue if you expect that person to continue living as an individual not just a mother because mothers are still their own person we can't just expect them to give up the entirety of their personalities and their lives for their children there you go it's not a best dang killing it (laughs) i'm sorry this is a this is a topic i have thought long and hard about I mean, like yeah. It a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I guess this turned into an episode of really talking about like, I, but I mean, I feel like it correlates, like it definitely not correlates, wanting, like not wanting children, not and, like, wanting children. Yeah. And too. everything going on in the world, like it, it, it 
correlates because I feel like more people are now leaning towards that side of not wanting kids. Exactly. And And all of this, just to say that, like, as a parent, like, I understand the thought I can't I in in the state in the state the world that it is in right now if I got pregnant right now like it would just be something that I would it we'd have another kid like it would just be but as a young person who is just like in a couple like boyfriend girlfriend just like like you said like low income just chilling like me thinking of me in my early 20s like getting pregnant and not being able to have that option or like knowing that I have to have this baby like that's a that's a huge that's a huge decision that the government is making for somebody I feel like this is inevitably gonna drive up the suicide rate I hate to say that but women who feel trapped who have literally no option who cannot afford to travel for these procedures who will be stuck, as you said, with abusive partners or whose partners left them. Women who already have histories of depression, suicidal thoughts and tendencies and anxiety, this is going to drive the maternal suicide rate through the roof. And it's also gonna drive the foster care numbers through the roof because women who still know they cannot take care of a child but cannot get abortions the foster system is about to be overloaded. I wouldn't be surprised if we went down to third country ranking children begging for food in the streets in the next 10 years. Because That'd be heartbreaking. But it, it would, but it's exactly the direction we're headed in. Yeah, no, I agree. There's so many kids in foster care already. Really um, shitty as homes. Yeah, and horrible. Oh yeah, the number of abusive foster parents is about to go through the roof too. <laughs> I do because I mean a hard part right now is they just send them to homes where that are already overcrowded. And I mean, I can't imagine that the number getting even higher. We're looking at insane disadvantage for POCs and minorities and immigrants because let's look at this realistically. The only babies that are adopted are white babies. I hate to say that as a white woman with white privilege, my mother was adopted because she was a white, blonde-eyed, blue-eyed baby. These foster systems are going to be Black children and Spanish children and Asian children and Indian children because for some ungodly reason, people just want these perfect white infants. Or in general, people just want babies. Yeah, just and newborn. Like, there's all these kids that are like out, like like you you mentioned earlier that are you know aging out of the system or just like out of that age of people, you know, teenagers as a whole that people don't quote unquote want to adopt. Um, and I think that's heartbreaking. Um, um, there are couples yeah. that stay on that list for years mm-hmm. for an infant when they're children. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, we had a kid one time who um had really bad behavior problems but he was like he was really struggling and he was gonna have adoptive parents but then his adoptive parents gave him back because it couldn't handle his behavior issues well that's heartbreaking yeah so like it's just things like that like (laughs) i heard uh, um all great empires have a lifespan of about 250 years According to history and what we have seen, the rise and fall of Rome, the rise and fall of Greece, the rise and fall of monarchies, the average span is 250 years. 
What are we looking at time-wise? Like <laughs> America, we I think are at two hundred and fifty-seven years. Look at us. Makes sense. Makes sense. So we are past what should have been a social, economic, and political reform a long time ago. So yeah, I think we are headed for something scary, drastic, and I don't know which side of drastic we're going to land on, but I'm hoping it is not the handmaid's tale. <laughs> I hope not. I see a lot of people making that comparison. I've never seen the show. I know the concept. I know like the whole thing behind it. I've never seen it because to me like and this is talking like when it first came out, when I heard about I think I watched the first episode and when I heard about it I was like this seems like it could happen one day. I don't want to watch this. Well, that was the whole reason that author wrote the book was to display what would happen if women were not given choice, were not given bodily autonomy, if they were not given equalization in society. I read the book. It was one of our required readings our freshman year of high school, at my school at least. And just it hits way too close to home. Yep. Mm -mm. <sighs> well, Viv, I just want to say that I support your decision to not have kids. Um, if you're out there and you're listening, I support your decision to not have kids because this is a crazy world that we live in. And I just want to say, like, kids are wonderful. I love my kids. Um, I, you know, I love your kids too, Evelyn. I love kids as a whole. I love all kids, but, you know, if you don't have kids, I'm cool with that too. But I yeah. love your kids as long as I can give them back to you when I'm done. <laughs> I don't blame you. But um, Bib, anything else you want to say on this subject? Uh, I feel like everyone has their personal reasons. If you choose to remain child free, you might have personal, you might have medical, you might have political. Whatever it is, it's your choice. Don't let anybody, any outside influences make you change your mind. Don't let doctors tell you, don't let that stop you from pursuing what you want for your body, for your life, for you and your partner. Just if you are steadfast in your decision, that's all that matters. Yep, I agree. Evelyn, anything you want to say? No, I agree. I love you, Viv. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today. Um, I appreciate you so much for talking about this and for letting us get heated with you about yes, <laughs> the state of the world. But um, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Um, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, um, all the social media places. Um, send us a message, send us an email. Maybe you disagree. That's cool too, send us a message. Um, but thank you so much. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.